Mates, yeah, in my opinion. But I think with this Postmates scandal, it's very disgusting and it kind of just signals again, artists, you do the Carla thing, we spoke about it earlier last season. Um, you need to realize now, even if I get it, artistic expression, you want to be angry, you want to feel all emotions. I completely get it. If it was my food, listen, okay, we are get, we're getting the food. If it was my roti, we're getting the roti <laughs> back. Always roti. We're chasing you to get the roti, okay? <laughs> we are, I finally found a roti shop that's nice since Roti Hut shut down in Shepherd's Bush when I was younger. Bit disclaimer. But anyway. I'm not Caribbean, but I love roti too. Yeah, <laughs> if the roti got taken, I'm chasing your ass and it will be on IG Live. It will be a fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a fiasco, okay? But now... Alright, and we're back. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Let The Stands. You are here today with your hosts, Ease McKenzie and... Nicholas Terrell. And Shopper. And we are back. Um, as we were just talking about um, technology issues, we had another one. So <laughs> so hopefully we should kind of figure this out. But we apologize for missing the episode last time, guys. Um, it was literally out of our control. There were time limits. Things weren't working. But we are here today. Um, we're here to give you a great episode. I am kind of annoyed that we missed out on the topics last week because they were some really, really good topics. They were. Um, but this week we have some amazing topics as well. So um, we're ready to go in. How are you guys? I'm good. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. Annoyed that an episode didn't come out because, like, I love to listen back at work. I was saying this and just laugh. Like, just be like, oh, Shopee said this, Eden said that. Forgot that even happened. Like, those issues or whatever. It was just so funny. But, um, yeah, another episode's coming, guys. It was it's Tuesday now. You guys are listening. Just enjoy. Um, the energy's back from all three and you'll get your laughs this week. Don't worry. So just sit back and relax and enjoy. Sope, how are you? I'm well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, good week. Yeah. Great. Uh, is that all? <laughs> Great vibes. This is what we're doing. We're back. Full fruition. Full routine. Full responses. Anyway, Eden. Yes. How was your week? Uh, I'm gonna be the downer, man. This week has been tough. This week has been tough as hell, man. Um, Yikes. I've had a lot of issues with like organizing l my life and stuff and kind of um, like figuring out the schedule that really works for me. Mm. And as a result of me kind of messing that up, some like social things have had to be sacrificed. Like work is very busy at the moment, um, like Black Friday and stuff like that's coming up. Um, so it's very, very busy. So I am quite stressed. But other than that, like I'm working with it. I had therapy on Thursday, which was really helpful and mm. um, kind of helped me figure out what I need to do to kind of organize my life better. Um, but other than that, like I'm figuring things out. Life's a continual journey. You'll have days where you're like up or like weeks where you're up or weeks where you're down. So yep. I'm still mm -hmm. figuring things out. Um, hope for the best, really. Um, but other than that, I'm glad to be in the studio. I'm glad to be recording. Um, I've been watching the rap game lately, the rap game UK, which has been really good. It was the finale yesterday. I haven't finished it. Um, but if you want to watch something that kind of gives you an insight to like new talent in the UK and kind of like a new show that's quite exciting, the rap game UK is on in, um, sorry, is on BBC Three online at the moment. So yep. check that out. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting week, guys. Um, let's move on to the music section though. So Shopee, do your thing, man. 
Right, so we are now going to discuss what we've all been listening to for the last week. Um, mine are actually going to be this, what they would have been last week. So I actually feel like I've actually digested these four projects which I'm about to name. So firstly, um, I want to discuss um, Raphael Sadiq's Jimmy Lee album. So um, if you aren't aware of who Raphael Sadiq is, um, he is a singer, songwriter, producer, musician. Aside from being a great artist in his own right, he's had his hands in behind the scenes working for a host of amazing artists. But he started his career as the lead singer of Tony, Tony, Tony. They went on to work with, um, start a new band, Lucy Pearl, which was very short lived, but they had one amazing album. And then now he's a solo. He's released um, five amazing solo albums and his dropped his most recent album about a month now, a month ago now, six weeks ago now. And um, it's called Jimmy Lee. And um, it's inspired by um, the death of his brother of the same name who died of a drug addiction, um, drug overdose um, around 20 years ago. And um, it's a really, 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 really cool album. And what I love about um, Raphael's, I feel like he kind of goes through like metamorphoses every two or so albums. So his first two albums were very much like really entrenched in like the Philadelphia neo soul kind of sound. And then the the third and fourth, which was the way I see it in Stone Roland, they were very much inspired by the sounds of Motown and Stax. Very much a very strong hom homage to sixties music. Whereas now he's kind of on this album, it's quite musically diverse, but I think that. It's got much more of a like a rootsy feel. There's a lot of um, blues elements, but also like a lot of like old school gospel influences. Like if you, if anyone listens to like the Edwin Hawkins singers and the um, the Hummingbirds and the Soul Stirrers, like it's got like vibes like that. But what I like about the album is that is um lyrically like it really 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 is a strong piece of work. Like as I said before, it's inspired by his um brother's um drug addiction. And it's like, it really humanizes him, but also humanizes other people going through the same things. Because when I first heard this album, this is why it's good to hear things more than once. I didn't really catch the drug references. Because there were songs which I thought were love songs, but they actually weren't. So mm. the first single called Something's Calling. And yep. I thought that I was like, and I love that song, by the way. That's one of the best songs in the album. It really is. Um, if When I first heard it, I thought, oh, this is just a nice love song about, you know, some woman that keeps coming near to him but when I actually listened closer and after reading some interviews about it and watching some interviews with him I'll be like oh he's talking about heroin and yeah. cocaine and even things like so ready like he's discussing how <coughs> his brother you know basically fucked up a relationship with this woman because he just couldn't get off the drugs yeah. and then he talks about the prison industrial complex on some other songs and he talks about um various other topics um yeah so like it really, really, I feel like more so than most albums, I really feel like it really humanizes people who have this illness of drug addiction. But aside from that, it's also just a great piece of work musically. Like, so like, um, it's very diverse. So like we've got, like I said, we've got some rootsy gospel bluesy vibes, but we also have like some early tender, early tender Teddy Pendergrass vibes. Then we kind of have like some funk vibes when I'm feeling love. And then we also really have, like I said, we have like a really traditional Baptist church gospel song on Belongs to God. So yeah, Robert Fields man, like not surprised at all because like I said, he's like a consummate musician and artist and his work, speak, his work speaks for itself from across all the groups he's worked in and his solo stuff. Yeah. And I'm saying this now, it's not part of my recommendations, but if you haven't heard the Instant Vintage album, his debut solo album, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It's amazing. It's probably one of my favorite albums of the 2000s. That's a really, really 
great album. So, and I've realized over the last two weeks, like, oh, I actually am like a Raphael stand on the lowest of keys. Like, I kind of like was listening, oh, yeah, Tony, Tony, like, yeah, anniversary, all right, <coughs> Never Rains in Southern California, Lucy Pearl. Like, Raphael's been a big part of my catalog over the last 12 years. I didn't really deep it. And even as a, as a writer, like, writing for D'Angelo, Mary, mm. um, Tony Braxton, yeah, Total, so many people, um, a tribe called Quest, like, so many yeah. people that. Uh, oh yeah, he did write that song. He did produce that song. Mm. Um, so yeah, shout out to him. Secondly, um, we are going to go to Mahalia. <sighs> <laughs> hmm? Love and Compromise. And my God, this album was a compromise. <laughs> and I feel like she did a lot of compromising on this album. So um. I feel like it's well documented that I am definitely a fan of her. I do mm. respect her. She's a great singer, great writer. She plays instruments. And she definitely should not be in those light skin discussions on Twitter. Just want to make that clear. Yep. Um, sh- um, but this album really disappointed me. Yeah, same. Like, I loved her last EP seasons. I loved her first EP. And I loved all the singles she put out in between. Then when I heard this, I was really excited when the album came out. Especially when I saw the features. I saw Terrace Martin and Hamza and Lucky Dale. Like, all right, cool. All right. Then I pressed play. And it's just very patchy. It's like, there's some really good songs on there, but I felt like she really was, I don't know if she was necessarily struggling or she was trying to appeal to every audience. So she was trying to do like the middle of the road adult contemporary Adele soul. And she was doing the, okay, got to have the Afro swing. Okay, we've got to do Simmer. All right, then we've got to do the real R&B song with what you did with LMA. It was just sonically all over the place. And it kind of makes for kind of a, a haphazard listen. So I won't say it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad album because they definitely are like a good six or seven songs, which I really fuck with. But as a listener, I kind of just feel myself like, okay, track one, track nine, track three, track seven. I can't mm-hmm. really play it the whole way through. But um, yeah, so I'm a bit disappointed and I'm kind of confused that she's getting four stars and five stars everywhere. But, you know, I know who her PR is, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mahalia, um, you're still my girl, you know. And your album was better than George's. <laughs> a lot better than George's album. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so, I, so for... I know I kind of slammed her, that, but I want to just kind of make it clear the good songs on that project. So, Raphael, you can listen to everything on him. But Mahali's album, the great songs, in my opinion, on this project were... Oh, also, so one of the best songs is an interlude, which pissed me off. Hideout. That's mostly the case, like, most of the time, though. No? Scissors still's not releasing her interludes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's the song I want. Yeah, but, but see, but Control anyway, was on. a good album overall. So I No, it was, mind. actually. Whereas this, this, yeah, it this was, wasn't. It was. So um, so my favorite songs in this album are Hideout, um, What You Did featuring um, our good friend LMA. Saw the video to that, actually. It was on rolling on my YouTube. I was just like, let me just Shop actually it, embrace you. this. Um, <laughs> I actually like LMA, but I know, I've, I've, come, I've realized that a lot of people in England don't like LMA. Like, in my office, everyone hates her. I don't understand why. Hate? Hey, yeah. That's a bit strong. I just feel a bit indifferent. Like, but I don't hate I don't her. Like, but like, that's a bit her strong. Her music's not groundbreaking, but it is good. Like, her music's good. That's a bit and strong to be. hate. Like, why? What, what's, what's the basis for hating yeah, LMA? Like, it's might, a bit... Yeah, but yeah, so bit, what you did... Okay. Video was good, actually, in my opinion. Really strong yes. for a UK visual. Like, even though it wasn't filmed here, but, like, great visual. And I love that we have two UK R&B artists coming together. Mm. And it kind of shows that there's definitely an uprising mm. in there being a scene mm. here now. Even though LMA is kind of based, not kind of, she's basically based in she's, the States. She's resided, yeah. You know, and for good reason, she's popping she over coins, there. you know, coins. I, I want to make a point after LMA, after you round it up, but I'll let you But um, Yeah, so um, Richie, 
Consistency <coughs> and Square One. Those are my favorite songs. But you know, let me know what your thoughts are, guys. What do you want to say about LMA? So just not even LMA. Um, Mah- Mahalia. Is it Mahalia? Mahalia. Mahalia. Yeah. Um, in terms of this whole release, it felt a bit confusing to me because I did start to see some features internationally. Started to see mm-hmm. some momentum. But it didn't feel like the full investment. Mm. It felt like, let's test the waters, you know, mm. a feature here, a feature there, mm. interview, introducing Ella. Um, mm. Ella, what am I talking about? Mahalia. Um, and then the album just suddenly was on the horizon. I was like, oh, okay. I know she's been out here pushing singles, et cetera, et cetera. But I was like, this feels a bit premature mm. for a release if we're doing it internationally. It just felt a bit mm. premature. Wait, was it released internationally? I think so, at least digitally. Um, but yeah, like I'm a bit confused. I do agree with you. Like on one hand, I do feel like Mahali has kind of been out for a while now. She has, she's like, yeah. She's been very visible, like releasing music, recent EPs, doing shows, touring, touring. Yeah. here definitely yeah, strong. She has a very a strong press pro- as a PR perspective. She has a strong mm. press profile. But yeah, I agree, it kind of different. Oh, the album's coming. And I, I mean, I knew it was coming, mm. but I think it was this year. Yeah, I, I like top thought, end of next yeah. year. You know, tease it a bit more in the US and the UK for yeah. doing international. But it just felt like oh, we'll, we'll, we'll. it almost felt like the label's like oh, you're, you're going to be signed for a while here. It's fine. We'll, we'll just test this one in the states, yeah. and then next album mm. will really give you the push mm. out. But it was a bit confused over here definitely time for an album mm. like it felt like her moment mm. but over th- and the investment for visuals like i said mm. the lma i was mm. like this is a even really simmer, even like the song. highly yeah similar seen it as well like very strong investment in visuals so i was like okay why aren't we investing in the international promo a bit more or getting her on like a radio tour or something you mm. know but to be honest, strong visuals. She's still on the train stations, still billboards mm, out here. Mm, so mm. over here, she's good. Solid, mm. solid, solid rollouts. Mm. I've seen some features and stuff. Stateside, I'm a bit like, you should have maybe done yeah, a phased release or something. You know, it, it was not time. time. But as you said, a scene is definitely starting to build momentum over here um, and internationally. So we'll see. Georgia, add to the scene with a great next album. You know, yes. come on. I love, I want to see it. Mm. I really do because the fashion... As I said mm. on Twitter earlier this week, it's up there. The profile is up there. We just need the music to line up. Georgia, I want you to give me what you <coughs> gave me before Drake got in your life. Because I, I, like, I feel like people think I hate Georgia. I actually was a no, Georgia no, Smith no. fan before Drake got involved in her life. But then the music just kind of went down. But anyway, I've got two yeah, more. Two more. So Eden thinks I'm a stand of this young lady. So we have Zylo. She released her second album, Gorgeous. You said you were a stan. Three weeks ago. Leave, let me live. Um, so yeah, if you guys remember, I think I actually mentioned her first album on the very first episode of this podcast. So she's now returned with a second album. And two things. I think, even though it's quite new, I would say these two things which might be strong statements. I think it's possibly better than her first album. Mm. Which, if you guys remember, her first album was in my top 10 albums of 2018 mm-hmm. when we did our, our threads on Twitter. Mm. But this album... And it might even be one of my favorite albums of the year again. So Zalo may make my top 10 again at the end of the year. She might make it again. So Consistency is key. So like, and I feel like she doesn't really get the fanfare when you talk about the British R&B scene. I feel like she's not really being spoken about compared to others. But you guys need to be listening to Zyla. Um, Yeah, her new album, Gorgeous. Like, there's not really much I can really say, but it's just, whole simply, it's just a very good album. It's easy listening. It's only like 10 tracks, I believe. I'm going to add that now. And then... um. 
it's generally like a mid-tempo flex, but it doesn't feel stale or one note. It kind of has mm. like its own peaks and troughs. And I feel like she's grown so much as a writer and as an arranger. Like there's more live instruments on this project. She's being much more forthcoming um, about her sexuality because I don't think people were aware she said she's lesbian. Um, yeah, it's a really, really good album. Like, I've been playing this album every day. So some of my favorite songs on that album, like I could recommend the whole thing, but... Definitely Into the Sun. Let me get the rest of the track listing up. Into the Sun is definitely probably my favorite on there. Then there's Sweet Like. Then there's Lover, Where Are You? And there's Through the Ceiling. Oh, guys, if you don't do anything, play Through the Ceiling. That's a great song. And lastly, Broadcast. So, of course, she has to cover this. Of course. So, they released, um, I don't even know what album this is. It's like album number 75. I don't know. <laughs> like, so many releases. They released another album. And I think that's part of the problem, which is what, which I'll get into now. Um, and when I heard the singles, I was like, okay, all right. I was really fucking with the singles. Because that last album, Irrecidence. So, happy Saturday, guys. <laughs> oh, for Tuesday, Tuesday. So, <laughs> My thing with Resonance was that album was very incohesive and there was a lot of, uh, what's the word, filler on that album. But the good songs were really good. The songs that were great were really great. Shout out to Juva and a few other songs. There were some really great mm, songs that's on That's a there. good song, yeah. And I kind of, you know, let it slide because, you know, this was their first album post kicking Amir out of the band. So I was like, okay, they're still trying to find. And he was a big part of their DNA musically. Like, as well as being one of the best rappers in the group, he also produced a lot of their music as well. So, like, you know what? Fine. They're finding themselves as a group without him. They're still adjusting. And when I heard the singles from Ginger, I was like, okay, I feel like maybe they've found their feet. Mm. But then I pressed play on the album, and they're just some songs which are just forgettable. It's not even about whether I like them. They're just kind of all in all, like, forgettable. Like, Dean's Departed, I just, we could have left that on the hard drive. Um, Victor Roberts because left on hard drive, but at the same token, there are some really, really good songs on there, like No Halo and Sugar. They're probably amongst the best songs I've heard from them ever. Like I love those two songs, but I just kind of feel like I think the issue with them is that it's just too much output. It's just too much. Like even Kevin, he released a solo album this year. Mm. You've now released the group album, and then I'm working on the next album. It's like I just think they need to just take a break, mm. like you know, tour do other solo adventures, but I think they just release too much music. And I think that's probably why, because I don't think that Amir leaving is why the album isn't as good as, because their best projects are the Saturation Trio. Saturation 1, 2, and 3, thus that's their best work to this day. I don't think it's because of that. I just think that it's a case of you're doing too much, releasing too much, so there's no there's no quality control. Not in the same way as a Chris Brown now, like because the songs on there are still really, really good. Mm, but I just kind of mm, feel mm. like, you know, maybe don't release an album next year. Or even the year after. You come back and... Find yourself. Yeah, 2021. Anyway, those are my lessons. Raphael Stieg, Mahalia, Zyla, and Brockhampton. Nicholas. Strong choices um, in places. Um, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, so with me, um, I guess I'll continue the trend of praising some UK artists um, with Kojay Radical. Very obvious choice. Most of you probably heard it. But if you haven't, you need to press, press play and show love to the UK hip hop scene, you know. Um, so Cashmere Tears arrived two weeks back, I believe. There's a review on Clash, which I did on it as well. Um, I think Koj has finally, for me, really honed in on the sound and found it. And um, I think he is gonna help in leading this UK 
hip hop scene. And I'm not going to say alternative because as I've done more research in the last couple of weeks as well um, and listened to the likes of Kadiar who was on the show, I feel like he's absolutely right. And I think calling it alternative is doing a huge disservice to um, its titling and where it's mm. at, to be honest. Mm. So yes, the UK hip hop scene, because sonically this actually sounds a lot like to pimp a butterfly, to be honest. And in really? some places, cadence wise, where, where, where Kojay's in cadence wise. Um, yeah, so Kojay in, in cadence terms, I think he draws so many parallels to um, Kendrick Lamar on that album, in my opinion. I think he sounds a lot like him. He's conceptual like him. Maybe not as deep. I don't think we're there yet. I think there's still even more of an elevation for Koji, and I think he has it in him. But I think where his mental health was, he's very public about that. He even released his first single from this release, um, stating that it was his mental that kept him away for so long and unable to do music to the capacity to which he wanted to do it. So yes, um, Cashmere Tears is amazing. I think Sugar is one of the standout records for me, featuring, I think it's his cousin called um, Amma Ray. She's a brilliant singer um, and helps to back this record in a hugely conceptual way. I think um, this really is for people who are fans of old school hip hop. So I'm talking Nas here, I'm talking J. Cole here, of course. I'm talking just people who are more conceptual in that lane and kind of take you on a journey, a storytelling process as it were. As you would have expected, mental health is very strong in this process. And I think that's really what the UK needs in terms of that space in hip hop to really be vulnerable. And I think Kojay does it really seamlessly and makes great records at the same time. There is songs like Ours, which kind of, um, what I like about Kojay is he's very figurative. So with songs that are about sex, which I wrote in my review um, and about like lovemaking and all that kind of stuff, he really makes it, um, key to his kind of discography to talk about his mental through that place how he's thinking about the woman how he's thinking about the scene setting how he's thinking about his role in the whole equation and how um he is as a character almost he makes it really kind of a canvas for you to kind of envisage what he's talking about so it's a really beautiful album in terms of depths to that actually i believe it's a project um i don't know if it's the album exactly i think it's been pitched as a project so um yeah, I think my some of my standouts are Sugar, as I said, Hours, um, Down to This, Feel About It. Um, whole set is 10 songs long, about 30 minutes. If you're on the way to work, I would highly suggest just playing this, getting into the funk of it, and just really enjoying. Talking about funk, he actually... Um, plays with some of that in there I think as well so he pays homage to some of the some of the older school genres as well as keeping it quite contemporary in terms of his cadence his flow um how he paces himself throughout so I think there's something for everyone on this project but it sounds cohesive at the same time so again that is Cashmere Tears by Kojay Radical and I think I'm really excited to see what he does next because I think he's finally found it now it's time to just build on where he fits in into this kind of equation in the UK. So very strong and continues to push the scene forward, um, as well as the likes of, you know, um, Shay Lingo, uh, Kadiar, who we've had on the show as well, and a fast array of UK talent who's on the rise. So yeah, brilliant. Um, similarly, talking about the UK again, Tom Tripp released the EP a couple of weeks back called Flag. Uh, if you don't know who Tom... Ah, uh, yeah, I remember him. Sorry. Yeah, Tom Tripp has been around for a couple years. He, he was on... Sorry to interrupt you, but he was it. on... Um, is it Musa Massa? I think so, yeah. I think he was on her... His... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mura yeah, 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 yeah. Mura Massa, that's yeah, I think Mura Massa. he was on his um, project. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Tom Tripp is um, a kind of artist who skirts around the R&B lane, but um, he does alternative pop as well. Like, there's elements of the... Um, if that in there as well, in my opinion. And he 
on this album actually experiments with rapping a bit more um, on songs like Quick. Um, do I think he's the best rapper? No, it's kind of like Chris Brown, not the best rapper, but can still do it. Like not to a shit level, but kind of just to <laughs> a, a mediocre level. But it, do you know what? I enjoyed this five song EP. I think it is a bit patchy in places as Shopee's used that term before. I think these days, you know, a bit patchy, but I think as a whole, it really cements that he's still talented um, in my opinion. And I think he has a lane. I think more artists in that R&B that's kind of mixed with alternative pop, I think he'd fit in quite well there. He's self-produced uses a lot of his work as well he's a great writer too um and he like travels to get in sound inspiration so i'm definitely loving where he's at he's on my hypebeast feature coming up as well so um, i'm definitely loving tom trip and i think he has a lane that's kind of distinguished enough for him to shine in so that is a quick ep it's literally five songs on 17 minutes again if you're on the train get a spare minute just give it a play it's called flag and um I wanted to give a quick shout out. I've listened to it, the baby's album uh, called Kirk, which was released last year. So to top off what has been a great year, his breakout year in the industry, hugely successful this year, been on the billboard, not been off it. Um, so this album I was really excited about because I was like, yes, the visuals, obviously he has um, himself with, I believe is his father sitting there as the album cover. So I was like, yes, it's gonna be very strong. Um, some of the features I was like, yeah, this sounds good. So when I pressed play, it was a very strong start for me for who the baby is um, called intro. Not original, but you know, the, the um, project's intro. Um, very lyrically knows that he's that he's there, he's arrived, he's kind of shone on um, Dreamville's project earlier this year and other features he's done. So I definitely think, you know, the baby has solidified his presence, but on this project starts off strong, middle, middle of the road, kind of halfway through, I'm a bit confused. Some songs are a bit missable, skippable, but then as we kind of close the album on Prolly Heard, Raw Shit featuring Migos, There He Go and Double XL, um, he is really solidifying himself as someone who can do trap, but can do trap to an audio form in terms of his lyricism. You can hear it. It's good. It's consistent. So I think baby has his place. He's very animated. He's very funny. He's very laid back. Um, I'm loving where he's at musically. This isn't the strongest set, unfortunately. But Bob is a good song, though. Yeah, but it does, it does. Yeah, Bob is a good song. It's, again, strong introduction to the set. Middle of the road, halfway through, sums it up quite well at the end. But... We are definitely in a space. We're here for the baby. I just need him to diversify who he's working with. I think from productions. Um, I think uh, take a day trip. Who I've homed in on about for the last how many episodes need to be featured on his next project, if not this one, um, and be more experimental. I think if he's a bit more experimental in this lane, he can definitely shine and just a bit more cocky. Like I'm trying to, I'm just trying to hear you be loud and proud. Like you own this shit, and that's it. Like just be cocky with it. That's what you're known for. That's what we love you for. Um, use that charisma in tandem with the cockiness just to own it. Um, and just just come for your peers, man. We want that competitive spirit. I want you to just own the lane you're in because you pretty much held that scene down for this year in terms of new artists. So the baby Kirk, it's worth the listen, um, but there's only a handful of um, stand-up records, which I'll say are probably heard. Um, Bop, as Chope said. Um, off the Rip, I like that as well. Um, gospel is awful chance the rapper again just <laughs> get off like just stop when i heard the like 
the chance. Oh, when I heard the gospel kind of tinge, I was like, okay, great. They've curated this for Chance the Rapper. Sound shit. Had a shit year. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> Get off. The baby just came. Be the father. Don't want to hear the lyricism. You aren't a rapper. It's done. You ain't a rapper in 2019 anyway. Anyway, um, and Double XL, which closes off the project as well. So great in places but not the best cohesively wow. so that's me um eden take the mic finish our chance so i've been global for what i've been listening to um so i usually listen to uk music and stuff like that but i've decided to come back so last week i was talking about heady one and a few different uk artists well week before that sorry um this week i'm going to talk from someone from sweden so i went to go see snow allegra mm-hmm. um last week very very good um i was kind of expecting kind of more mellow feels and it was mellow Mm. but there were some songs which are mellow that she kind of gave energy to and the room kind of reacted really well to it Mm. so she is definitely a really good performer um i didn't know what to expect when it came to um her performing and stuff like that i didn't know i didn't know how i would react to it so i just went in with an open mind i went with my friend alex um from what matters podcast um and a few others and it was it was really really good um I definitely recommend seeing her if you haven't seen her and listening to the album, um, uh, Those Feels Again. Um, I know I critiqued it quite badly when I first listened to it, but listening to it live, it's kind of changed my perspective on some songs. But maybe that's because in my head, I'm like remembering some of the different renditions she had to certain songs. Right. Um, so I'm listening to the song like audibly when I'm listening to the album, but I'm remembering maybe some of the changes she made during the performance. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's a really good project. Um, in terms of songs that I'd recommend off the top of my head, um, wait one second, let me just remember. I just want to say I heard she was a whisper singer from the UK this week. I heard she was a whisper singer. Yeah, that and that's complete bullshit. You know what it is? People, be- <laughs> it's kind of a double standard because this argument about women in music and the whole thing about light-skinned singers at the top of the music industry is completely valid. But what people, what people are starting to do now is, like, <laughs> let's say conventionally attractive women, people are assigning that they can't sing. Mm. Like Snow Allegra is a conventionally attractive woman. She's yeah. light skin. Um, she can pass as, she has, she's white passing. She's Swedish. Um, all of these types of things. And people are just doing this thing where if you're attractive, people are going to say, oh, um, you're a whisper singer. Without listening to their music, without knowing the background to it, Mahalia definitely shouldn't have been in that list. I don't mm. understand why she was in it. Um, Georgia Smith, I, compl- I understand the argument behind that. But um, the thing is, like, people were saying she's from the UK. Like, people are clearly not using Google. Yeah. Like, it's so clear that she's not from the UK. Yeah. And Very I th- clear. I think we need Very. to be careful because if you don't research <coughs> the arguments for a lot of things, you're actually disrespecting the, the, the original cause for why people 100%. argued it. Um, also, we haven't spoken about Green Tea Peng. That name. Uh, the song was here ready because I was about to do the, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that like, literally, <laughs> she made me laugh every night. When I get bored, I literally just play it. I'm so sorry. Wait, let me just, can wait. I, can, can we do the copyright? Because I, I, I want to play it. Wait, okay. Please, wait, let me, let me name the songs on the Snow Allegra album and let me do the rest of my listens and yes, then we can do Green Tea Peng. I'm doing it. I don't um, give a shit. So I would recommend I Want You Around, Situationship, Whoa. Find someone like you, um, love like that, uh, you, nothing to me, and um, I didn't mean to fall in love. All of those songs are beautiful. Um, it took me a while to get into the album because I listened to her previously, and I love, I really love her previous albums, like Feels and stuff like that. They were just amazing. Um, spoke. But yeah, um, so that's No Allegra. Over to the States. So I listened to a guy called Dean Mills. He's a producer. Mm. Um, and this project is called Agape. So I'm just looking at the definition for Agape. And it basically... <coughs> is an agape? 
Agape. Sorry, it's my a bad. form of love. Yeah, it is a form of love. It's a Greco-Christian um, word. It's a form of love. Um, and so this, for me, was a very, very beautiful project. It featured a lot of artists I've never heard of before. Mm. Um, a lot of artists that, if I'm being completely honest, I, w- I, w- I won't be checking for. Um, no, I'm being completely honest because this is just a, a, a producer's album that I've checked them out on. I've gone in their Spotify page and some of them don't even have music up. So I'm just like, oh. I'm probably not going to go back to it because you're not in my memory now. Um, but one of the songs that really caught me on that, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even going to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the songs that caught me on that was Good To You. So Good To You is a song that features TJ Wilkins. And I played it for my dad because I wanted to see if he heard what I heard and he did. So he sounds almost like for like with Marvin Gaye on this song. Right. Shafay, don't even look at me like that. He does. Like, in, when I listen to him, I hear a lot of Marvin Gaye. I hear a Musically lot of Musically or vocally? Vocally. Musically as well, actually. I would say musically. <coughs> That's a big statement you're making. Well, I'm, he does. Have you heard the song? No, I haven't, but you know how I feel about Marvin. I would say listen to the song and then we can talk about it because, um, yeah, he does sound a lot like Marvin Gaye. Um, and there's a few other songs. Um, there's a song with a woman called Pride, which is very beautiful by Kayla Starr. Um, and there's just so many beautiful songs on here. I would really recommend this project. Just some background for who he is. So his name is Danny Mills. He's an L.A. producer, um, a musician. He's great. He's a great grandson of Bessie Smith. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, oh. And he plays piano, guitar and bass. So he is he's a musician like he is a musician and he, he has collaborated with a few artists when you go on youtube you'll see he's in like the background playing like guitar or like on the piano and stuff like that but he is really really good um and i just let him know how much i appreciated his music and he said thank you um next i'm gonna go to yay ali so yay oh, ali okay. is a producer from hammond indiana um and he produced for people like jazz cartier um mm-hmm. there's a few other people he's produced for Kalani. He, yeah, Kalani. He worked with the interns. Yep. So the mm. yeah, so the interns they produced for Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, a few artists. He produced um I think it's Cheers for Rihanna mm. and Anaconda for yep. Nicki Minaj. Tory Lane. Chris I know, Brown. I know. Just hold it back. Just relax. <laughs> just relax. I just don't know why you're trying to make Anaconda this guy sound good. Don't. <laughs> and I named, Anaconda. I'm just I'm just saying what he's done in it. Um <laughs> Oh so my god. The project Sorry. I want to talk about is called Private Suite 2. So in his music, he's very influenced by. He's very influenced specifically, <laughs> specifically. Sorry. By um, <laughs> Little Wayne, the Carter Two, um, mm. but he's also um, influenced by Jodeci. So he kind of yeah, tries to blend um, the two in his music. So he's like a singer rapper, and some of his music reminds me of like old school Drake. Mm. And I know we say that about a lot of singers, not rappers. It. But when I listened to this project, I thought about. Um, uh, I can't even think of the project like um, Heartbreak Drake. Is it comeback comeback season? I'm yeah. thinking about comeback season and um, Heartbreak Heartbreak Drake and some of those um, EPs and mixtapes from the past. But it's really beautiful. His music is very very beautiful. I definitely recommend him. Um, his songs are quite short, so he's gone for very similarly to um, Tiana Wack, where he realizes that the generation probably has a short attention span. His songs are about two minutes, um, so you get about one chorus and then you get another verse and then an ending and that's it. But very beautiful, very catchy. Um, my favorite songs on that are Too Late, um, My Ride, and there was one more called, I think it's Bigger Dreams. Um, off Ooh. the top of my head, I think it's Bigger Dreams. Let me just double check that. It is, 
Okay. Yeah, Bigger Than Dreams. So those songs are my favorite on there. Show Me as well has a beautiful instrumental, definitely inspired by Jodeci. Um, I would definitely recommend this project to you guys, so definitely check it out. Um, and that is those are listens for me. Mm. That's everything. Mad. So Nick, should we move on to the new section? We will, but just before oh, yeah, sorry, we move on, I just need to let you guys know this girl, yeah, Green Tea Pink. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, yeah, as part of the thread, she basically kick-started the thread to her color show yeah she's performing this song there's just this particular run that starts the song shopper would question if it's a run um that just cracks me up okay so i just have to play it i'm sorry copyright we will check this if it gets played it gets played if it doesn't it'll be in the suggestions with an asterisk anyway I'm just like, babe, what is going on? Like, <laughs> Do you know what? what didn't even look on? up his, He looked up from like, his phone for one second. <laughs> visually, like, babes, like... <laughs> and, do you know what? I'm done. Anyway, let me just... And uh, I forgot to mention, I did say this, so I said I was going to have a quick Respecting Legends thing. Oh, yeah. So on the topic of vocal runs, I'd like to shout out Brandy. Vocal oh, Bible. Sh- Sorry, I haven't finished my lessons. Sorry. There was one more person I wanted to talk about. So I listened to Brandy. Um, I was listening to Brandy and I was listening to um, Full Moon, but specifically, um, oh, what's the song called? Well, while Eden's looking for that, I would like to congratulate her and celebrate her. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday was the 25th anniversary of her debut album, self-titled debut album, which is a bona fide R&B classic. I love that album to death. And yeah, just shout out to Brandy, um, one of the most influential R&B singles of the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. And just, I look forward to the next 25 years. Your yep. new single is fucking amazing. I love that you experimented um, going further into the blues and country from begging and pleading. Mm. And I love that mm. you are just singing your ass off. I am ready for this album. It's been seven years. Yep. I am ready for <laughs> this album. Brandy, Rihanna, Norwood, I am ready. <laughs> We co-sign, we co-sign. So it was When You Touch Me, I just forgot the name oh, of the song. Oh, beautiful songs. song. But also, I, I went back to it because of um, Daily. So Daily made a rendition on Terrell Grice's YouTube channel. Um, and I went back to it and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this song and I love this song. I've been listening to it every single day. Um, and I get what Kadeem Tyrell was talking about last season. No, sorry, two seasons ago when he was saying um, most singers are influenced and most people that want to start singing, they listen to Full Moon. And they, they kind correct. of, yeah, they, they listen the to the Bible. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of a shout out to Daly as well. If you don't know who Daly is, you need to listen to his music. He's written for so many incredible people. I can't think off the top of my head. I remember on the show, he said he wants to write for Shaka Khan, but he's written for so many incredible people. Um, he has a joint project with Marsha Ambrosius as well, which is incredible. Dude, um, I thought just they have a song. I thought it was a project that they released together. They have a song together. I don't know if it's a project. Alone Together, I know is a song, but I thought they had a project but i listened to him years ago and he's only just recently come back into yeah not not last year yeah um the spectrum but that's what i wanted to say right so we are back new section so we're going to start with the uk um just on home turf so the brit awards they are reviewing the categories with male and female for 2021 so this will take effect not next year but the year after so um it's in the way they distribute awards, um, they have 
confirmed that male and female categories will remain for next year's ceremony. So this is not 2020. So it comes following reports over last weekend that gendered awards were being axed to accommodate non-binary artists who do not identify as either male or female. So a story with the Sunday Times kind of started this and said the organisations were considering to abolish the gendered categories. And that was in the days after Sam Smith. So he announced obviously to fans that he's going to now use the pronouns they, them instead of he, him. So um, I'm not going to read out the quote from Sam Smith, but you kind of get the story. You can research that part of it. But the Brits exclusively told Sky News that it 100% confirms that there will be male and female awards in the UK and international categories at 2020. However, the groups will be reviewed for 2021 the following year, and there will be significant changes to the overall show planned for that same year. So there's a whole rebrand in place. So they have not been revealed to yet. The details... um, but it would be the first award show to do so in terms of gender neutrality if they were to go for it. Oh, sorry, it would not be the um, first award show to do that. Yeah, the sorry. Grammys the first, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Grammys got rid of male and female categories in 2012 and the MTV Movie Awards scrapped gendered categories in 2017 with Emma Watson being the first recipient of its Best Movie Performance Prize. And the National Television Awards changed its Best Actor and Actresses categories to Best Drama Performances and Serial Drama Performances 11 years ago. So they were ahead of the curve in 2008. So what are you guys' thoughts on the Brits deciding to potentially rebrand in this terrain? Um, And what are your thoughts about it not happening next year, but happening in 2021? Um, can I just say, can I just commend Nick for actually saying all of that with the guitar playing in the background? Because I was even struggling to focus on him speaking whilst the guitar was going off. And it got louder. Um, yeah, uh, we're a music podcast. We apologise for that. We're in a room where there's loads of music happening can, around is us. It pick, is it picking it up? It's not picking it up, but don't worry. Okay, um, we'll try and see if we can fix that. But if you can hear it, hope you enjoy the guitar because it's actually not that bad. But <laughs> still. Um, yeah, but so yes, your thoughts. So my thoughts in terms of this is I hope that it doesn't like snub female artists. Um and I hope that a lot of, I hope it's taken into consideration that a lot of men kind of, I don't have any data to support this. Mm. It's just from conversations that I've had. A lot of men don't listen to women when it comes to music. Um, this is very true. This is a factual basis, actually. Yeah, it's based this is very fact, true. Especially yeah. in genres such as hip hop and stuff. So I just hope that when it comes to judging that, they take it into consideration that maybe their streams or the way that they're kind of received it's also a sexist thing as well. Mm. Um, and I think it's going to be a fairly difficult space to navigate the first time, the first time round. They're going to have to do a lot of, um, they're going to make a lot of mistakes, if I'm being completely honest. They're going to make a lot of mistakes in terms of who should have won the award in general opinion and stuff like that. Um, and it really depends. In terms of rap, I'm very interested to see what would happen there. Um, and some categories that are kind of like, I, I don't want to say ruled by men, but are predominantly uh, men are known to be the face of. Mm. I'm a bit intrigued and a bit worried. Um, I don't want it to be a case where you just get mainly men at the front. Because you know, they like if we're going to compare it to something, if you think about RuPaul mm. and the situation where he went on stage and um, the one of the reporters... So I can't remember what, 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 what award show it was. The it, Emmys. Was it the Emmys? It was the Emmys, yeah. So he won an award. And um, he went on stage. Yeah, he went on. He went on stage, 
and he was surrounded by all these white men. Yeah. And one of the and reporters women. and women and one of the reporters asked him, "What do you think about diversity? Um, it's interesting that you have all of this diversity in your show, but behind the scenes, it's literally you and some white men." And okay. his re- his response was basically, "We have." A diversity in personalities and all of this we um, don't need to worry about that um and i hope that isn't what's going to happen with like award shows in the future i hope it's not going to be oh we have all of this diversity in terms of um maybe kendrick one so he's a black male maybe g easy one something he's a white male i hope they take into consideration that it has to be diversified so you've got men women and um Non-binary. non-binary um and it goes aco- across the spectrum so sam smith for example mm. will win an award most likely yeah. hopefully um but this represents a larger issue because if we go to the uk hip-hop category now there's an institutional problem with women even getting visibility yeah do you get it like miss banks's first public appearance on the brill was yeah. this year as a part of little mix's set and do i just want to I, mean? I just want to jump on that quickly because I was, as i said in the beginning of the episode i was listening to the rap game and the special i'm not going to spoil it don't worry there's no spoilers yeah. but one of the um special guests this week was steph london yeah so she came on and um one of the questions was from one of the contestants called lady ice who's the only female yeah yeah lady on ice, the show at yeah. the moment um or woman sorry i should say um and she asked steph london like how do you navigate the music industry as a woman mm. and steph london's reply was a bit of course it was. I can imagine. Of course it was. She was, she was basically like, I, when I'm losing, I don't take into consideration that I'm a woman or I'm black or all this. Yeah, I just, of course I she just go harder. Which, no, because that's, that's another perspective, right? Mm. She can no, just it's fine. Say, no, but it's, fine. it's not paying attention to the key issues and mm. it's not really um, taking on the fact that there are discri- there's discrimination within the music industry 100%. on a sexual, gender, sexuality um, basis. Mm. Um, so, yeah, her reply annoyed me, but I just hope that, like you said, in the UK music industry, some of the female talent, like Lady Leisha or um, Little Sims yeah. or, um, yeah, etc. I heard someone called La, um, Miss La Familia the other day. Mm. She's actually sick. Um, she released a song recently on, I want to say GRM Daily, but I might be wrong, yeah. um, called Letting Them Know. And it's actually really good. So cool. check that out if you can. Um, but yeah, sorry, Nick. Yeah, it just, no, but my thing is, it, it's not a quick fix. So even if they do, like, you... The visib- we've got a visibility issue period like with some areas and women so um and even more nuanced you know non-binary all of this stuff so we need to kind of figure out the we need to kind of figure out the institutional problems f- first i would almost say before the visibility then comes from an award show because it will be performative and non-accurate of what's actually going on and wider to kind of the spectrum of issues in the music industry. It's kind of like even how, you know, even, you know, again, she comes up this show sometimes. It's even how Nicki Minaj has like mentioned this institutional problems with the Grammys and stuff like that and how she's been blocked. I genuinely believe her. She's been blocked and sidelined for years now and there's still layered issues to why she didn't get visibility and it was petty shit it was behind the scenes shit but that is a testament to the fact that women aren't listened to in the music industry and they aren't allowed to be fully expressive but then a kendrick lamar could be fully braggadocious but then win an award the next year Mm. do you know what i mean so again it's about this feels like a performative measure in my opinion it feels like a performative measure kind gesture whatever but it's a bit of a performative gesture and i think like you said the kind of red herring that you kind of pointed out is the fact that it may just be a show full of men full of men winning or on the other side of the spectrum a performative show 
just actually throwing awards out for the sake of it and not actually considering what's happened in the year. So I think we need to address the systemic issues in music on a day-to-day, mm-hmm. on a BAU level, before we then celebrate and commem- commemorate the people that deserve to win um, on a yearly level. So it's kind of like, it's it's hard. It's kind of hard because it's kind of like we're almost doing it backwards or they're yeah. doing it backwards in terms of how these issues should be supported or not. Because a lot of institutional figures who can actually help instrument change sit on these boards of like Brits yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, use that power to then fuel the change in the industry to your peers. Because some of these label heads and execs are their friends, you know, they break bread every Friday, you know, all that kind of stuff. So talk to your friends, the accountability stuff, say we're not gonna support X, Y, and Z unless you change certain measures in your companies and how you um, visibly promote a woman, a black woman versus a white man or something like that. And then once that changes, we can then focus on, okay, the award shows, we, we don't even need this anymore. We don't need gender categories mm. because it's so great. And that RuPaul example is a complete testament to your thing. The institutional issues, I didn't even know this happened. I saw obviously the clips, but I just didn't read into it. But that's that's terrible. The fact that he can't even recognize that, uh, sorry if I'm using the wrong pronoun, but like, yeah. Um, the institutional issues behind the scenes and the institutional businesses that contribute to the industry to which you're getting awarded for mm. are still problematic and you can't see it and you're in your complex of ego, ego, ego. I don't see the issues. We've got so much diversity of the people in front of the scenes, but what about the behind the scenes? What mm. about the people who drive cultural change? That's how cultural happens. The day-to-day BAU business stuff. So I think there's a lot to be worked out. Um, and the Brit Awards need to use their position in the UK market to help instrument the back end changes before we then celebrate what is a great industry, yes. quote unquote. Shope, what are some of your thoughts behind um, this? <clears throat> I agree with both your points about it could be seen as, as performative, but ultimately I do think it is like a step in the right direction. Wait, I didn't say it was performative. Sorry. I said, yeah, Nicholas. to my yeah, point. Yeah, I didn't say yeah, it was yeah, performative. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I do think like it's a step in the right direction. I kind of didn't even realize that because I know for many years the Grammys and the VMAs and other award shows have kind of just have best artist and best this or best performance. Mm, mm. So I actually, did, I actually didn't really deep it, but I think that's because the Brit Awards is low-key one of the deadest award shows of the award season. But anyway. Um, you ain't wrong. But um, I do want to pose a question. I wonder if this would have happened if a woman decided to come out as non-binary because obviously there's two things that play here Mm. sam smith was born a male that's one thing and also outside of that he's one of the biggest artists in uk music so although i do think it's amazing that um you know his um evolution in terms of gender identity is being um respected by a big awarding body like the brits i do wonder let's say now okay so i'm using another queer artist janelle she's um bisexual but if she came out as non-binary would we get the same thing? The same thing. Yeah. Or who else? Who's a UK queer artist? Do, are there any UK female queer artists? I feel like there is, but they'll come into my, my head Maybe right now. Maybe visibility wise. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think um, it's it's rumoured for a few of them, but I don't think they can kind of yeah. talk about it. No, but I feel like there actually are some, but I can't think of them right now. But anyway, the point is, would this have happened if a woman decides to come out as non-binary? But I do think, it's a, I do think it is a good thing. And I do think that... Um, is step in the right direction. That's mm. all I have to say, really. Um, what was the point I was going to make? I, I I think, so yesterday I went to an event called Astro Mixer, which is just this completely different thing. I'm not going to talk about <coughs> what it was. But one of the things that they were talking about was um, there was this whole debate in the mid- at the end of it, which was basically like, with social justice, is it basically if you change something so much, does it does the system still stay the same at the end of the day? 
So I think in this situation, when it comes to gender fl um, fluidity and understanding that, there's a lot of good you can do. And like Chopé said, it is privilege in itself. Things have basically stayed the same because it's only changing because basically Sam Smith, um, one of the biggest artists in the world, mm -hmm. is now um, uh, non-binary. Mm -hmm. So I, I I do take that into consideration. Like, is it because he's the biggest artist in the world? And he's white. And because he's, and white, because he's white. And because he's a male. Let's get it in yeah, check. And here. because he's a male. Yeah. Um. So that basically just says we have all of this social justice and all of these things that are kind of coming into place to fix, let's say, a social issue. But at the end of the day, the only reason it changed is because of the same thing. So a white man, sorry, apologies, um, a white male has now, you know, is is non-binary. Mm. So I think it really depends how it goes about. And like I said, there's going to be loads of mistakes to begin with. Mm. But I do think it's a great opportunity for a lot of artists. And um, because I was just thinking, where would non-binary artists have sat in, in the, the male culture? female kind of? Peridium. So they would have to choose which one they wanted to be in. No, no, I'm just saying in the male female peridigum. Like in that uh, system, where would okay. they have sat? You're right. Like where would they? It's a valid question. Yeah. Where would they have sat? So that's just some discrimination. That's something that's going to change over time. Um, it's going to be very very difficult, but. I'd, I'm I'm happy it's happened, but under the conditions like this, I think it it just needs to be a bit more thought out in terms of um, taking into consideration that there are other non-binary artists out there before one of the biggest in the world mm. um, announces um, and comes out as who they really are. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say. We'll move into the arena of music. Now, we mentioned Lizzo a couple of weeks ago, but now in the Postmate scandal, which is completely separate to the music scandal, um, Tiffany, uh, the driver, was it Lyft, Uber? Anyone know? It doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, she's fearing for her life um, and afraid to leave her house, posting that she's received a lot of death threats and fears of death threats from um, fans, stands. Let's call it at this stage if you really are going to do that shit of um, Lizzo. So. Yeah, this is an evolving story. We'll see what happens. Um, but that is the latest stage of the development. Um, and obviously, she was accused of stealing the singer, stroke rapper, stroke artist's food. And now it came to light that that actually wasn't the case. And Lizzo deleted the post, I believe it was last week, stating that she did steal the food. But yeah, she deleted that post and apologized. But yeah, damage was done. And now she's afraid to leave her house, Tiffany, as it goes. Um, but yes, what are you guys' thoughts on this development in the Postmates fiasco? Um, and what do you think about overall virtue signaling from artists via Twitter and other social media mechanisms? Shopping. I have things to say. Like On one hand, I do feel like it's very like increasingly apparent that Lizzo is definitely an interesting individual and hashtag problematic. But then I also wonder, why are all these negative stories coming out now that she's finally having a mainstream breakthrough? And I'm also in defense of her because I don't mm. I don't care for music. I'm just saying that like <coughs> we I know. We've been known. Yeah, yeah shit. Like, it's for Megan trainer fans. Mm. Like that's where we're at. She like and she's very talented, like great like talent. Multi instrumentalist, very talented. Singer, yeah. rapper, like yeah. she's and she talented. can actually sing. She can actually she can actually she sing, guys. She can sing. She can do the runs. But, but the know? music is quiet. But I just like wonder, like, why is it when we finally have, you know, a plus size black woman who's like trailblazing and like doing all these amazing things and like really like being entrenched into like mainstream pop culture, mm. which is something we haven't really seen. All these negative stories are coming out. 
But other than that, so that's just one thing I wanted to put out. But then also, like, yeah, she's trash. Okay. In my opinion, I feel like the if we're going to go back to the Mina thing, which is one part of the scandal here, um, which actually isn't gaining traction across waters, which is really annoying. But um, with the Lizzo thing, I think that has been bubbling anyway. It was just a resurfacing. So, you know, like things when Twitter resurfaces things, but it was a big fiasco online about a year ago when it first happened. But I do completely get you in tandem with this. But at the same time, I feel like she's the orchest- she's orchestrating some of this madness herself. And then mm, looking back on true. it like, oh shit, guys, I posted this. You know, if you're going to do a tweet, every time Nikki tweets, Cardi tweets, goes on a rant, you know it's going to get picked up. It always does. It always does when there's a big rant or something like that, it gets picked up. So Lizzo doing the, twi- the tweet back a week ago um, or so, it was going to get picked up and it was going to be attraction. So for you to then be wrong in that instance, I think she she's a very impulsive, loud, flamboyant, which is great. And I'm not saying tropes, we're not doing that. You know, anyone can express themselves just like Megan. Same thing, very loud. Not Megan the Stallion, Megan Trainer. Very loud girl, all this kind of stuff as well. So we're not doing the race thing here. But with Lizzo, she's very loud, fun, energetic, driving the boat, you know, having her fun summer as well. You're doing vacay, all of this, wearing extravagant dresses in the airport that she wore to award shows, which looked funny, by the way, at the time, I will say that. Um, but she needs to realise, and I think it's good it's happening now, you know, very, not early, but at a very early mainstream early time, in her breakthrough. Yeah, in her breakthrough time in her career so she can maybe learn. She's like a smart lass. She might take some stuff on board. Um, so, yeah, I think, and it's to her benefit, the fiasco's, haven't been to a level where they're going to impact her career as but i think with this postmate scandal it's very disgusting and it kind of just signals again artists you do the carla thing we spoke about earlier last season um you need to realize now, even if I get it, artistic expression, you want to be angry, you want to feel all emotions. I completely get it. If it was my food, listen, okay, we are get, we're getting the food. If it was my roti, we're getting the roti <laughs> back. Always roti. We're chasing you to get the roti, okay? <laughs> we are, I finally found a roti shop that's nice since Roti Hut shut down in Shepherd's Bush when I was younger. Bit disclaimer. But anyway. I'm not Caribbean, but I love roti too. Yeah, <laughs> if the roti got taken, I'm chasing your ass and it will be on IG Live. It will be a fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a fiasco, okay? But now, do you know what? With the awareness that I know of social media, I might not name the person because I don't want them to die. I don't want fans going crazy. We're not doing all of that because at the end of the day, everyone deserves a chance to express anger. Da, da, da. Liz, I didn't get her food. You're going to be angry. I'm going to be angry too. But at the same time, awareness. We need to have mm-hmm. the awareness now. Mm-hmm. Mental health, all of this mm-hmm. stuff. We need to have the awareness. People can die. Stands are fucking crazy, which we spoke about with Han on the show earlier this year okay stands are fucking crazy could you imagine if nikki had the postman situation oh people God. people would be yeah you need to go into witness protection you need to do a six nine <laughs> or beyonce you know go for beyonce to tweet it for once and said hey this if the beehive was my on pumpkin the loose, soup is gone like all these guys <laughs> the beehive like, on the loose you know, this. It's, it's quiet for that person but yeah anyway Oof. we need to just control because stands clearly have no self-control they're impulsive. They're crazy. You know, crazy. Do you know what? I'm sorry. Is the Kerry Hilson? I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah, Kerry Hilson in it. This is why she's part of the reason potentially why she doesn't release music <laughs> to this day. And do you know what? I love a Kerry Hilson. I want her to release music. I genuinely want it. The songwriting pen is great. 
She writes great songs and she she has great runs, you know? She's a great singer. She's a great Sorry. act. Can I just add, the reason I'm laughing, yeah, is because <laughs> when it comes to Nick and food... <laughs> Listen, you wait, can't rap wait, with wait, my let food. Let me just explain something. You can't rap so with yesterday, my food. I'm, I'm going to talk about it quickly. So yesterday, <coughs> I came to this event with Nick. Astro Mixer again. Yeah, and we got some food from um, Eats of Eden, which is this vegan Caribbean place. Nice. And well, they put the food in a container, but they put the mac and cheese for Nick on top of his food. Like right on top. And oh Nick lost it. <laughs> I was just like, guys, like what we doing? You need to have it in the corner. That's, that's how, so this, this is it. Okay, guys, a quick little lesson for Caribbean. This is Caribbean, maybe American culture too, African-American. The mac and cheese goes on the side. The greens go on the side. <laughs> the rice, the main, you know, the ackee, the salt fish, the chicken, the whatever it is. Right there, you know, either in the corner or right center place. We need to have the arrangement. Eat of Eden, you were great. I'm not going to slander you because great vegan Caribbean food. We need that. We need that. I've just given up dairy a couple months ago. But what we need to do is just have it in the right place. Because I'm not trying to have mac and cheese right on top of the rice, right on top of the thing. That's and it. don't go nandos with Nick either. Yeah, don't mm. go nandos with me. It's, it's quite an arrangement. Anyway... Back to Lizzo, back to the situation. It's just the latest in the developments of stand culture and all this kind of stuff. We can't trust the stands, so we have to control how we place the stands in how we communicate our messages. So Lizzo, hope it's a learning lesson for you. I really hope that woman Tiffany um, is in the right mental place and I hope she is able to live her life. Fundamentally, that just disgusts me that she can't. she's scared to go out of the house. Why can't I live my life? Why can't I go for a walk? Why can't I get food? Okay, like... You know, anyway, Tiffany, hope you're doing good. And Stans, you are fucking crazy. And just get the help that you need. Like, genuinely, like, stop. Stop. Like, there's something going wrong for you to send a death threat over something that's not even affecting you. Stop. Eden, if you have any thoughts, fucking hell, <sighs> these crazy people. All right, so I'm going to have my Kanye West moment. Lizzo doesn't care about black women. That's all I'm going to say. Fuck Lizzo. This has been another instance <gasps> where she has used her power to attack black women. And I think it's a crabs in the bucket mentality. So I think it's a situation where she knows that she has all of this power and she's afraid. Because really and truly, there should be no reason for you to post someone on social media because they took your food as a celebrity. Mm-mm. Like I know we're in a culture where celebrities overshare and they talk about things. But you should know, as a functioning individual, that (laughs) it doesn't make any sense for you to post someone on your social media when you know you have people who follow and really, really love your, your music. And you've affected this young woman's life. And the thing is, Postmates even came out to defend her because they said she did the right thing. She waited in the lobby for, um, she waited in the lobby for Lizzo to come down or someone from Lizzo's camp to come down and take the food and they didn't so she left but the thing is she even said she doesn't eat seafood and it was seafood that Lizzo ordered so I just feel like there's a lot of things in this situation which could have been avoided they could have been um, examined properly you could have spoke to customer services or you could have ordered more food you're a fucking celebrity like at the end of the day if you've missed some food what is the aim if someone needed to steal a meal from you is it really that fucking deep like I, I, I understand you probably felt like I can't I have to set an example that people can't steal from me but posting on social media isn't the right way to do it so I just think you need to grow up um, you need to start supporting black women instead of doing the fuckery that you've been doing lately and um, yeah I hope be- I hope you do better that's all I've got to say
Wow, it's a lot, lot on the mic, a lot on the mic. Right, um, let's move on into more dilemmas. Um, so Remy Ma, state of the culture. Um, Remy Ma has likened rape victims suing for money to prostitution. So Remy Ma has faced a lot of um, social media backlash this week. Um, so we was, they were speaking about rape victims in their segment um, who seek financial settlements um, for obviously what's happened. Um, and Remy Ma compared this to prostitution. Uh, she said her contribu- controversial opinion on September 26th, so the Monday, this Monday's episode of the Revolt State of the Culture. Um, she was alongside Brandon Jinx, Jenkins, Joe Budden, and Ebony K. Williams, who's the new host of State of the Culture in Scotty Beam's Leaving. She, they were discussing rape allegations against NFL player Antonio Brown and whether or not an injury is the only thing uh, can sideline an athlete's career, whether, um, yeah, whether an injury or something more. So obviously... Um, Remy admitted before the conversation that she didn't like talking about rape because she gets criticised as a female basher. She went on to question the timing of the rape accusations against celebrities and suggested that there's an agenda at play. This shit sounds crazy to me. Every time we hear about um, an alleged rape, it's never like it happened this morning, yesterday or over the weekend. It's like five, seven years ago this happened. It's all about money because one of the accusers is asking for two million. If you raped me, my sister, my daughter, my anything, I don't want your money. I want you castrated. The things that I want done are crimes. Williams interjected to share some of the criticisms that rape victims face and attempted to explain the restitution. It can be used for therapy and other things. Could that be compensation though? Because I hear that a lot. If it was a rape, first of all, why are you going to criminal court? Why are you not going to police and he's not arrested? Brown's first accuser went to the civil route. She filed a lawsuit. She's asking for money, but some people feel like that's the compensation that they want. That's called prostitution, Remy replied. And I don't think so, William said. um, And the conversation evolved. So Remy replied at one point, really, in one instance, they'll be like, it was so horrible. He did this to me, but give me two million and I'll sit over there and I won't tell anybody. Yeah, so big backlash in the following to that. So what are you guys' thoughts on Remy Ma's comments and um, rape victims, all that kind of stuff, seeking money? Two things. I think it's very ironic that a woman who is known for the catchphrase, are you dumb, could be so dumb. Like... I love shopping. I just don't understand how you can think that a rape victim suing for compensation sanitizes the fact that she was raped or sexually assaulted. I just... I don't get it. Like, where is your brain? Where is your head? And the fact that Joe Budden, of all people, was the voice of reason in the situation. Not, only, not even Joe Budden, a man. It's like, I just don't understand. Remy Ma, I just like, this isn't a good look. Like, we already know your rap career is over. But you're now even, I'm sorry, yes. Melanie <coughs> um, <laughs> Magic, what was that? Um, that song looking, what was that? Um... And this is like the third time you've said some problematic things like you're an R. Kelly defender, you're a Bill Cosby defender, and now you're just doing it overall uh, as like holistic. You're just like a defender of <laughs> sexual abusers and rapists. I just, oh, just, just go, just go away, <laughs> just go away. <laughs> go like, away. Just, just go away. 
Get off. Do you know what? One thing I'm going to say about Joe Budden is that I genuinely, he's problematic. There's genuinely Extremely a problematic so. past. But I genuinely believe and see that he's trying to evolve mentally. Like, I genuinely see in some cases. Last season, the state of the culture was a mess. Scotty Beam, I'm so glad she left. She Like, that was horrible, like, last season. But I genuinely think when he's not yelling, he actually can take some of the criticisms in. And he's someone who can take criticism well. Remy Ma consistently for three seasons at State of the Culture has been on has said something weird towards her own audience women. Um, and it's just an odd one to me. Whenever it gets to rape, women empowerment, stuff like that, Remy just seems to be conflicted and unable to see nuance. I don't understand. You've been in the division industrial complex. You can see nuance there with voters' rights and all that kind of stuff. But when it gets to women, sex, all that kind of consent, it seems to just erode and just lose itself. Like, Remy, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You are confused. You are disgusting. And I, I don't think I can no longer be like an active fan of yours because that is disgusting. Those sentiments are actually trash. If one of your daughters got raped and then wanted therapy and money for that, you're then gonna say she can't seek that route. What the fuck are you talking about, bitch? She could seek what she wants. She can seek what the fuck she wants. She was a rape victim. What the fuck are you talking about, Remy? You fuck, did you hit a brick in that cell? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, Eden, go on. Like, I'm getting pissed off more as I even think about what she said. Like, are you dumb? I don't get why we're asking Remy Mark for sense. That's You're really like, having your Kanye moment no, this I'm, I'm just, I just feel like a lot of things that people <coughs> make complicated are really simple. But it's um, actually common sense, though. This is not. This is not hard. It's not no, something you need is, to read. A di- you don't need to read. But we a need legal to take into consideration that don't. Remy Ma is someone who thrives off being controversial. I don't and think she does. I think she's just an idiot. No, I actually I, think a screw just is gone loose in that realm. It isn't the first time on this show she's made comments like this. And no, reason, it isn't. You're the right. The reason I'm saying that I feel like it's not a surprise to me is because Remy Ma for me is one of those people who is like a patriarchy, patriarchal princess. Yeah, she sure is. Like she- Big lo- facts in she, some topics. Yeah, big she facts. She loves the idea of um, being a woman within patri- the patriarchy and kind of like um, thriving through it. And just like, if something happens to you, that's just a game and stuff like that. Like, Honestly, there's some people you just don't go to with certain things. And unfortunately, Remy Ma's on the panel for one of these shows, but she chats the most shit. Like, and I, I, when people do that, like when you, if you interviewed six nine, I'd know what the fuck he's gonna say. If you interviewed someone like um, Remy Ma, even over here we've got John Barnes talking about certain things to do with race, and it's just like there's certain things you just ask people and you expect the dumbest fucking answer, the most unresearched, uneducated answer to come out of her mouth, and I'm done reacting to it personally because I just think common sense should just say that they're gonna say some bullshit, um, and. The maths for this, the algebra, like the algebraic the algebra. equation, it doesn't make sense to me. How is a rape victim using her power to at least gain some of her dignity back by getting money or compensation for um, a situation that was forced on her prostitution? Like, you need to do some research on what prostitution is. Um, you need to do some research on the legal system. And I hope to God nothing ever happens to you. Um, I hope you never experience what she went through for you to make this horrible comment. Um, and there's some people that we always say there's like good in some people, but with Remy Ma, it's very hard to see it. It's very hard to see it. She it shot, is, shot, I swear confusing. she shot her best friend over 20 pound. 
three thousand dollars. Oh, whatever. Like, are you really gonna shoot your friend over three three grand? If it's roasty money, no, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually yeah. joking. I'm actually joking. <laughs> if it's, it's roasty money, the gun. No, I'm joking. I even have a gun. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who's who's? I just feel like there's a lot hip-hop of things. Hip-hop culture's a mess. Like, hip-hop it's culture not, could be a mess. It's, it's not No, mess. as well as other genres, but I'm just saying, like... But it's the it's it's select people within yeah. the genre. And I, I agree yeah. with Nick. I do think Joe Budden is making some strides to improve. He does have the problematic past. And Definitely still does. On. Yeah. Um, and obviously some cases against him when it comes to women and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's why mm, I meant the problematic mm. part. But Same with Charlamagne, too. Yeah. Um, and Oh, it, big, yeah. We yeah. take that into consideration. But, yeah, I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. And I don't think people should be. So, yeah, Remy Ma, use Remy Ma. She's not going to make more music. This is it for her after this. Well, she will be making music, just no one wants it. Yeah, and this after this show, I think that's it. Hey, can we actually quickly discuss how Remy didn't capitalise off this new female rap wave? Because she kind of predates <coughs> she kind of predates it. Like, she came out of prison, like, four years mm. ago, three mm. years ago. Mm. She had the big hit with... Um, with Fat Joe, she had the Nikki disc. She was on fire. Mm. But what happened? Why didn't she back? She's just shit. She's she can rap. Yeah, she, she can. can rap. Let's but then, not. yeah, there's yeah, and she, she can has rap. great runs and all that. Like she can do that in terms of like she can be slick with her. Flow yeah, as well. but can she make a good song? No. Okay, she can't. so that's the issue. All the way up was popping. That's not her song. But okay, that wasn't, that wasn't song. because yes, of her. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. because of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she basically has the same approach to every song. Like she doesn't know how to manipulate her flow the mm. dexterity of her lyrics on making hits like when I heard that Melody and Magic song like oh, that song yeah that song so samples let's not even no, talk let's, let's about do it. it like it's just let's it, do is it. it is it worth the mic is it <laughs> worth the mic it. time because it isn't to me it sounds like shit let's that's it <laughs> <laughs> Melanin tragic. That's it. Melanin tragic. But then so you have this song which samples make conditions break my heart. But she's approaching the song like a fucking DMX song. She's rapping over it like she's DMX or fucking Ja Rule. Yeah, Remy Ma, man. She can rap, but that's it. Like she's just, she can rap, but she can't make music. That's mm. what it is. That's what I have to say. But just on the topic of All the Way Up, Fat Joe, can we just speak about that for two seconds? What so, about it? So Fat Joe, um, I can't remember the radio station. This oh, is, this no, please, please don't bring that up. Wait, I just, I just want to talk about because I want to get people's opinions. I'm over it. Um, so Fat Joe went on a radio show. I can't remember which one. And he was talking about um, oh, Latino culture, Latina culture. This isn't the first time, um, by the way. Latinx culture. Um, and he was talking about how the similarities between all the origins of it and how it basically gives him the right to say the N-word and situation like that. Because we know in previous songs like Fat Joe has said the M word. He said it recently as well. I can't remember on the show. But I just wanted to get you guys' opinion. Like, talk to me. What are your initial thoughts on that comment that because there is a link and there is a history of um, people from Africa and the Caribbean going to um, <sighs> Latino countries, they Latinx get the right to countries. say it. Oh, let's just tell Latin, Sorry, Latinx. Sorry. It's... it's it's not worth it's not it's not even worth getting into it's bullshit okay cool it's just, bullshit because let me just tell you one thing okay afro latina racism not non-acknowledgement of haitians or no let's let's just Ooh. really get into the crux of this fact yeah. so we want to do erasure to say the n-word that's what you're trying to do yep. we're trying to just say the n-word because i know you've been criticized over your career for saying the n-word as a non-black hispanic 
Okay, that's what it is. And you just want the privilege, the power, the clout points. And you are one of those people which people would use in arguments. He grew up on the streets, man. He created some of the music. He can say that. And to be honest, when you sat there and ate your foods, controversially, I actually didn't have a problem with me hearing the M word for you. I actually didn't. And that is a very controversial opinion because you know how I feel. It actually contradicts what I am about. It actually contradicts. But culturally, do I feel like he's been amongst hip hop peers and amongst parts of hip-hop's conception to be able do i even like him saying it no on a personal note but if you're gonna say it i get why this is what so i mean i get Eminem why it, would you be cool with it he doesn't need to say it but, but if like would, would to be honest i would have to like i would have to probably acknowledge um, i'd probably have to honor what i'm saying but I can get why this is okay let me change my point i can get why people would say he could say the n-word mm. with fat joe yeah, with Fat Joe. But my point is he just keeps going on this tirade of, you know, Latinx and we're the same as black. It's the same struggle. No, it's not. Let's look at Brazil. It's not. Let's look at Brazil really right now. It's not. It's not. Let's look at the ghettos in some of these. Let's look at, Ar- Let's look at Argentina. Okay, because the history of Argentina is bloody and on the side of black people. It's disgusting. It's a whole erasure of trying to erase black people. You literally intentionally try to erase black people, intentionally ethnocided the country. Like you are not trying to tell me that we're the same. Don't don't do that. Don't do that, Fat Joe. Don't do that. Focus on focus on I'm not even gonna get rude, but just focus on the music because you actually can still create decent music. And shut up. That's what we want to hear. Non-political opinion, shut up. I just have two things to say. First of all, Fat Joe, you're not black. That's it. And secondly, Google, I want to add to the little history lesson we're doing here. Google colorism in the Dominican Republic. That's all I have to say. Last topic, guys. So this is the Super Bowl. Um, It was rumoured that Rihanna might do it earlier. So many people got rumoured to be able to headline. Rihanna refuted the claims a couple of weeks ago. But now we have our answer to what is going on for 2020. If you still care about the Super Bowl, stay tuned. Um, So obviously we spoke about Jay-Z's involvement in the um, Super Bowl and all of that. The NFL earlier this season. We will now capitalise on what the Super Bowl is to be in 2020. So... Jennifer Lopez and Shakira went to Twitter recently to announce uh, a picture and and a fully-fledged announcement that they will be a part of the halftime stage. They are the first of apparently a few more to be announced in the coming weeks. Shakira shared, it doesn't get any bigger than this. So excited about getting on that Super Bowl pepsi halftime stage and added j-lo the two are pictured holding or sorry in the middle of what seems to be like a podium with pepsi halftime show in the middle with a load of laser lights so um shakira is very excited lopez added ever since i saw diana ross fly off into the sky at the halftime show i dreamed of performing at the super bowl and now it's made even more special not only because it's the nfl's 100th anniversary but also because i am performing with a fellow latina i can't wait to show um what us girls can do on the world's biggest stage there have been sentiments that this represents miami apparently represents the miami culture it's a and the from New York. that's what i'm saying so the miami vibe the miami culture that's what has been um 
hinted at on social media. Just want to get the full context here. Uh, Miami culture is seen to be represented by Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Um, we'll see who's announced um, to be additions to the show as well. Why the is there more weeks. than two people? Don't know, but there's apparently more to be coming. Um, so yes, this is the announcement. Um, there's been a lot of conflicted opinion. This was highly rumored that Jennifer might do this post the Grammys tribute, um, which Shoppe spoke about earlier this year. Um, so yeah, what do we think about the Latina representation at the Grammys, uh, of Grammys, what I'm talking about, Super Bowl next year? What what do we think? Shakira, Jenny from okay. the block. Shoppe's going to get into this. Let's go. You do? you want to go first? I, I, I want to hear what Shoppe has to say. Is this the change that Jay-Z was making? <laughs> <laughs> so I just realized last minute. <laughs> we gotta oh. see Cardi in the cut. Is that Ooh, what's gonna happen? Chile. <laughs> like, I just realized. Latina. I think Shafe saw the thought come to my head. That's why I asked me. And I was like, wait, hold on. So Jay-Z, the change has come. <laughs> the diversity and inclusion has come. Kaepernick fought for this. This is what the was, change what initiative. Is, you know? This is it, you know. Ooh, 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 Chile. Right, Shakira, Jenny from the Black. What do, what do we think? Eden. Nah, that's all I gotta say. Well, you know what? I'm a, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I was gonna bring that up too. That was gonna be my last point. But I just wanna say, first of all, um, um, I'm not mad at JLo doing it. JLo is, um, I think we can all agree that she is definitely an incredible performer. So it will be, yeah. it will be a good show. And JLo has enough hits to do the show. More than enough. She has more than enough hits to do it. So I'm not mad at it. Shakira, I'm actually very <coughs> surprised that Shakira was given this grandy dose of a stage. But it just shows the benefits of being signed to Rock Nation. Because if she this is, was not yeah. the case, Shakira, you know, you know, underneath your clothes is a classic. You know, whenever, whatever, classic. Hips don't lie. More than a classic. Objection, an underrated bop. But Shakira, I, I just, it's, I have nothing against Shakira at all. But I'm like, no. wow, I cannot believe Shakira is actually being given yeah. this stage. Yeah. But hey, shout out to Jay Z and Rock Nation mm. for being a good management. Mm. That's great for her. I'm sure it'll be a nice launch for her next album, which I'm sure is on the way. Yep. Or if it's not, Jay Z's yeah. getting that investment. Yeah. You're in the studio, Shakira, right but, now. Um, I just don't know why it had to be two people, but they have done that in the past. But. Mm. Um, so that's my first thought on that. So I, I think it will be a, a good show. Even Shakira too, even though I'm surprised. Like, she's a great performer too, great singer. She's a great guitarist. She's talented. She's talented. She is talented. Um, um, as for this whole um, Miami thing, to my knowledge, well, even to my knowledge, it's uh, it's pretty factual that Jennifer Lopez is from New York and Shakira is not even American. Shakira is from Colombia. So I don't understand where Miami is coming from. Like, I really don't understand that. Um, but, you know, hey-ho. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about this, really, like, in terms of the whole Jay-Z change for justice nonsense he was sprouting, and we, but I just thought the first post-Jay-Z headlines would be black. <laughs> I just thought, at least. Like, say we went about um, his motives and the controversies surrounding the NFL, I thought, yeah, hey, we can at least get some niggas. <laughs> <laughs> for the first headlining Super Bowl in Jay-Z's creative direction or whatever. But um, um, yeah, I'll be watching on YouTube, um, the set. I won't be, I, I never stay up. I don't care enough. I only stayed up once and you can guess who that person was for. Um, mm, yep. Mm, mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, no, that's it really. Um, but yeah, I'm just like on Eden's side, like, so this is the change. This is what you sacrificed your Colin Kaepernick friendship and respect for. Okay, Nicholas. 
so um, it's going to be a great show. Um, great gowns. You know, great it. gowns, beautiful. Um, it's going to be dead. Jennifer's great. Jennifer Lopez can perform. Jennifer Lopez can perform She's a good for performer. her age. You know, obviously the vocals will be turned down. But, It'll be um, It'll be great, you know. Shakira, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, again, the same situation, but she can sing. But um, we'll see what Jay-Z and the producers of the actual show orchestrate. Um, I just hope J-Lo doesn't get into that drunk fiasco which she did kind of before and gets a bit too excited and it just, it loses from the actual quality because that's, what what tribute was it again? The Motown tribute. The Motown tribute. It just got a bit hectic towards certain points of it. As a whole, it, you know, obviously she delivered parts, but parts of it were clearly optically confusing. You know, we were just seeing spins and, da -da -da -da, and all this. I was just like, J-Lo, let's... You didn't embody Motown. Yeah, let's, yeah, it, yeah, that's it. You didn't embody the vibe. So we need to just make sure the, the performance is good, which it will be entertaining, will be. but just controlled entertainment. You know, execution, you know, Beyonce execution, you know, get the execution right. I have no and doubt will be great. that will be great. But um, I'm just going to see, it's interesting to see how they'll work together because their music is so different. So the dynamics of their music, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm intrigued to see how it works together. But you know, Beyonce's done Bruno, et cetera, et cetera. So we've seen collabs um, as a part of the Cheeky Super Bowl performance. Missy, Katie, you know, it's works, you know. So it will work, it will work. Um, they definitely are in the same, um, they can both dance, you know, they can both do all of this kind of stuff. So they'll be able to work in tandem with each other. But um, I'm intrigued to see who the other performances are, who the other additions to this kind of um, tribute are. Um, J-Lo's husband might make a appearance. You know, husband. they love to, um, sorry, former husband. Um, what's his name? Mark, Mark Anthony. Anthony might make a appearance. Wait, you know? J-Lo? She's married, isn't she? No, she's not. No, to her that, old to the businessman. No, no she left. The, all the all her kind of relationships are not. I think she's dating someone. She's sure. dating um, what's his name? Um, the the baseball guy. Yeah, they're not married. Oh, I thought they're married. No, oh, okay. they're just dating. Yeah. Um. So yes, basically, he might make an appearance. You know, Mark Hadley. They did. They did something on American Idol when she was a judge. Um, and they they can dance together, you know, do a quick salsa or whatever. And I believe they have an album together. Like they do, album. yeah. So, um, yeah, and Jayla has a lot, quite a few Latin projects. So it will be interesting to see if she performs those. Will she give full visibility? Because sometimes she's Jenny from Block. Sometimes she's, you know, Latin princess. We need so. less get loud. Yeah, we need so, that song. Yeah, we do. We need that song. And we need. If she, I wish she just could deliver it. Hey, we can lip sync. It's not no, going to happen. Pre-record. Well, let's hope the pre-recording sounds as real as possible. <laughs> so I can get real to live. You know when the lip sync sounds so fake and airy? Like, yeah. just stop it. Anyway, but yeah, do you know what? They both earn their stripes to be able to yeah, definitely. perform. You know, they have the catalogue. We're not disappointed. But the only figure shop I highlighted, the Miami. Let's not force the cultural stuff. It's not Miami. It's not. You know, Latin Americans, Miami, we get the connection. We, you know, we get it. But them, never been, never represented, <laughs> never really uplifted those sides of artists. Let's not force the ting. It would be better to even just say New York. You know, it would be better to even New have New York featuring Columbia. You know, New York, Columbia, collab. You know, it would have been great to do that. But whoever the artists that join be great. I wouldn't be surprised if they force it and just dash Cardi on the bill for some song or two. I don't think Cardi will do it. But let's not... Let's not. Oh yeah, she's yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. She might not do it, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let's see what happens, man. I hope it's a really full show. I'm just gonna say that Jennifer Lopez was really good in Hustlers. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, very, she very was, good. wasn't she? She, she was, was actually incredible. Yeah. And the thing is, I love her facial expression. The thing with Jennifer Lopez is, I love her acting. 
beautiful gowns. But great. And gowns. she has some really good songs, mm. but I prefer her acting. Mm. Like um, she's a great performer, Eden. She's a really good performer. <coughs> okay, that's nice. But it's um, just but made, <laughs> made in Manhattan is my shit. I love that movie with a passion. Monster in Law is a good movie yep. too. Hustlers Shades of Blue, she has a nice series. She Shades just has of that Blue voice that works really well in yeah. cinema. Mm. I don't even know how to describe it. She's just really good in like And acting. her passion, her yeah. aggression. I like when she's like act, like she really can embody the anger and stuff. And she's she's like a New York when she plays a New Yorker, I just, I, you know what? She mm. she got it. She got it. She yeah, got she's it. She's one of one of the only yeah. um singers that is a good actress as well. Mm. Um <laughs> Yeah, because some people can't act in the Oh, well, you try to say Kiki Father can't act? No, no, that no. What no. You're to hit that's, not, that's not who I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. good. Um, yeah, we stand Kiki. Certain lions and, you know. Oh. Um, oh, oh. So, yeah. The gifts. Yeah, so. Hey. Didn't give. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, you're bringing me lions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. The stands will come. The stands will come. I'm sorry. I'm behind. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm part of the family. I'm a beehive member. But the album mm. delivered. The, the album film, delivered. Not so much. You know what I mean? Oh god. Anyway. It was trash. Yep. Anyway. And not because of just being honest, it was trash. Game yeah. you were trash too. Um, I don't know why you were singing to Akuna Matara like you were singing Redbone. <laughs> like this isn't Funkadelic. Like just sing the song. It's musical theatre. <laughs> Alright. So that's the end of this episode. We're back. Okay, we're back. Ta -ta -ta. Guys. <laughs> All right, can I finish the episode? That's the end of this episode, guys. Really appreciate you getting to the end. Um, we are going to try our hardest. We've got some new procedures to make sure that we don't miss an episode again. We aren't um, missing an episode this season. We aren't. We aren't. I'll no. put it out there. We're, we doing, we're not doing it again. Um, and we're coming to the end of the season soon, actually, so we're definitely not missing an episode. Yeah. Um, but thank you for rocking with us again, guys. Um, if you can rate the podcast, you know all the stuff I'm going to say at the end. I know you're bored, but it makes a difference to us. So... If you can rate us on podcasts, on um, the Apple Podcast page, D-A-T-S-P-O-D, don't look at the stands. If you're listening for the first time and you really enjoyed it, recommend it to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. Mm. Um, and let, talk to us about music. Like We're always ready for the conversation on um, Dat's Pod, which is our Twitter page, our Instagram page. Um, and we're setting up some other things as well. And we're just kind of figuring out the groove of everything. So, sorry, Shopee. No, finish. I was gonna oh, sorry. Um, so this is Eden. So this is Eve McKenzie, Nicholas Terrell, and Shopper. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Lauren, who is the editor of Feet Magazine. She sent over a personalized copy of the latest issue, and she's always um, supporting me individually and the three of us. A shout out to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See, guys, when you send us free shit, you get a shout out. So, you know, send me free shit. I'd really appreciate that. Cool. In a it. bit. Peace. Bye.